Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. Kurt Sandig, and on this edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about stone circles. Yeah, it's that easy. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. Shout-outs going out to Aaron, Aaron, Ah, Monsters, Lauren and David, Alicia, Amber, Andrew, April, Ashley, Audra, Austin, Autumn, Bill, Bob, Brandon, Brett, Caitlin, Carolyn, Carolyn, Carrie, Chris, Chuck, Cindy, Cole, Krista, Dan, Dill, Dave, Donald, Dorian, Elliot, Erica, Aaron, Ezram, Fran, Gamerfan, Harley, Harry, Heidi, I, Isabel, J, Mark, Jade, Jaime, Jason, Jeff, Jeff, Jennifer, Jared, Jerry, Jim, Joe, John, Joshua, Juliana, Carrie, Casey, Kelly, Kelsey, Kira, Lash, Laura, Laura, Rutho, Lauren Mangano, and Phil, Lauren McCune, Lawrence, Leo, Lindsay, Elliot, Lorelai, M. Caballero, Martin, Matt, Megan, Mickey, Eric, Nanette, Ashy, Nick, Nick, Pablo, Paula, Carrie, Rachel, Robin, Rosa, Russell, Sarah, Sarah, Sean Bishop, Shelly, Steven, Suzanne, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Tanya, Trey, Veronica, What's That, Will, and Sean Wagner. Thank you all to the new patrons. If you want to join up, uh, it's patreon.com slash paranormal almanac. Let's get right into paranormal news. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Paranormal News. The first story in Paranormal News, Alien Comet Visitor has weird composition. The first known comet to visit us from another star system is an unusual makeup, according to new research. The interstellar comet 2I Borisov was detected in our solar system last year. This mysterious visitor from the depths of space has provided astronomers with an unprecedented opportunity, unprecedented opportunity to compare it to comets that formed around the sun. New data suggests it contains large amounts of carbon monoxide, a possible clue to where it was quote-unquote born. So, we have a chance to find out more of things outside our solar system, which is always good, which is always interesting, and always yields more results than what we expect. Up next, we should message extraterrestrial civilizations, not just listen for them. Doing so could help us mature as a species. In a press release dated Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019, wait, why is this a new story? That's weird. Breakthrough Listen announced its collaboration with NASA and the space agency's transmitting exoplanet survey satellite, TESS, TESS is expected to add thousands of more to the thousands of exoplanets already discovered. Some exoplanets are in the Goldilocks zone, which you guys already know what that means, so I'm going to skip ahead. But they say that uh, instead of just listening to radio sounds of extraterrestrial life and for other technosignatures, we should also be sending out signals. They said if we are to mature as a species, it'll require us to become less self-destructive. I agree with that. It must include, it must increase kindness and compassion and decrease murder and mutilation. Sure, sounds good. It must include an end to environmental destruction. Yep, completely agreeing with everything. In practical terms, our growing up is likely to be associated with continuing technological development and change, making greater achievements possible while creating dangers, well, while creating, making greater achievements possible while creating dangerous challenges. All right. Basically, what they're saying is, for the species to mature, we have to get off our planet. We have to find intelligent, high-technological organisms anywhere in our own planetary system, but seeking life on other planets, but seeking life on other planets and their moons makes it easier to accept the community in which we live does not end at the outskirts of our solar system. They said we as a species need to find extraterrestrials if we want to survive. Yeah. I'm behind all of that. I agree with everything that person said, so yes, please. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news, Sasquatch sighting? 
Many happening in Michigan thanks to Man's Encounter. Chris Ketchum swears he saw the footprints of a Bigfoot while growing up in Mason. More than five decades later, he's making sure sightings are more common. I think I talked about this guy, to be honest with you. Um, he goes on to say that, uh, yeah, I did talk about this one. He, he saw a Bigfoot when he was like 15 years old. He said, I saw another one on the other side of the road. So whatever it was, it had a stride of eight or nine feet with huge footprints. He followed the footprints back to the open field on the other side of the road. I could see a trail of them going all the way back to the woods. Each footprint was at least 15 inches long. I figured it had to be Bigfoot. Having spent all my life in Mason, I've heard many people say they've seen him around this parts. Well, here comes the year 2020. And sure enough, people are spotting Bigfoot everywhere. That's because... He bought a large sheet of plywood from an area lumber store, traced out an eight-foot-tall image of Bigfoot on it, used it to cut it out, paint it black, and then stood it in his yard. He said, my, my reason for making it, because I always wanted one. It reminded me of my encounter. It was a way of reminding those who see it that something's out there. So he started churning them out, started putting them everywhere. And sure enough, he says, I'm charging $100 for each Bigfoot, but if you're a retired senior citizen, it's $75. I'm always having to go out and buy more wood and make more Bigfoot. They say that while the COVID-19 pandemic continues, he's going to continue to make more Bigfoot. Anyone wants one, they can contact him. I'm not going to give out this guy's phone number or email. If you want one, find him. Once again, his name is Chris Ketchum. He's in Mason, Michigan. And uh, people are spotting Bigfoot all over the place. But unfortunately, they're all his wood Bigfoot. Now here comes a very very odd one that I didn't want to that I didn't think was real and I checked it and sure enough it's legit. Baseball player Jose Canseco is worried Bigfoot and aliens may have coronavirus. He says, "Can Bigfoot or aliens get coronavirus? I need to know because if I had contact with them." Okay, uh, he did this in a tweet on Saturday and. Uh, he says that he even offered five people the chance to go on a Bigfoot and alien excursion alongside him, although I can't find any proof that it ever took place. So if you guys know about it, if he actually went through with this, I need more details. But he says, aliens have been trying to teach us how to time travel, but first we have to change our body composition, which we're not willing to do. We've tried it with animals and it has failed. Okay. So, uh... Yeah, Jose Canseco is worried about uh, Bigfoot and aliens catching coronavirus. I guess I am as well, so I guess I can't make fun of him too much. But um, sure, why not? Okay, and finally, a another unusual one. In my opinion, not as unusual as the Ho Jose Canseco one, but eerie figures spotted in background of viral video. It doesn't look human. Well, I, I watch the TikTok a bunch, and I can't say that. But anyhow... A TikTok user's seemingly tame post went viral after, com after commenters spotted an eerie figure in the background. User RobixCube, R-E-U-B-I-X underscore cube, shared a video of himself dancing to Say So, a popular dance challenge thousands of other TikTokers have attempted. But about eight seconds in, a blurry figure appears on the stairs by the wall. In my opinion, it's his kid, his sister, his brother, somebody peeking around the corner to say, oh, the idiot's still dancing. I'll wait a minute before I walk downstairs. But uh, he goes on to say, the amount of anxiety I have from this video that someone's literally poking their head to look at you. I downloaded it and zoomed in, and honestly, it don't look human, another watcher, whatever you want to call it, said. Some suggested the footage of the possible home intruder might have been staged. Obviously, this is planned, the caption says. I was home alone. He wanted us to know, one user wrote. In one of his many follow-up videos, the user himself denied that the video was staged, said he doesn't have any pets, and, confirm and confirmed he lived with relatives who were not at home at the time. He has no explanation for what it is. He says this stuff happens, this stuff has happened my entire life, we live next to graveyards. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I will put this uh, link, whatever, this news story in the Facebook page. So if you want to watch it and give this guy even more views for something that I think is personally stupid, go for it. But then again, I can't prove that it's not just a relative, a kid, a dog, or whatever. So, I mean, who the fuck am I to say? I don't know. Alrighty, that about does it for paranormal news. So a lot of people have asked me about merch. Uh, you can get merch. Paranormal Almanac has merch. 
You go to storeenvy.com slash paranormal almanac, and there you go. If you find something, or if you can't find something that you want, a size or style or color or whatever, let me know. I'll see if I can add that as well. You can also get patches by going to etsy.com slash 8bitspock. That's the official only place for the Don't Fucking Shoot Bigfoot patch, which, again, I absolutely love. Uh, listener Lauren did that for me, and it's fantastic. Uh, some people have said that they don't want to do Patreon for various reasons, but they want to donate. Well, I put a PayPal link on the Facebook page. You can feel free to go there and donate if you like. Some awesome people have already donated. All of that money goes to get a new piece of equipment for the podcast, um, for the live shows, or actually in all for all shows, not just the live shows. And speaking of the live shows, before I move on, I hope you guys are enjoying those. They're supposed to be just stupid, fun, bonus episodes while we're all in quarantine. It's just a chance for all of us to get together and talk paranormal and just have some fun. I wasn't initially going to throw them up on the podcast. They were going to stay as Facebook Live videos, but a lot of people wanted to listen to them after the fact because they missed them. So I think, all right, I'll throw it up on the on the uh, podcast as well. Uh, they're not supposed to be official. They're just bonus fun ones. Not everybody likes them. That's totally fine. But for the people that do like them, I'm glad you like them. Please tune in one night when I have one of them. I think the next one is uh, Friday, this Friday, coming up at 5 p.m. So what is that? Like 4.24. I think it's 4.20. I think it's the 24th. Friday the 24th, 5 p.m. Uh, tune in. Give me a call. I would love to talk with you guys. I'm having such a fun time talking with everybody and that's the whole point of these things is to get our minds off of being stuck at home in quarantine and the pandemic let's just have fun that's my whole point of those again hope you like them if not just uh skip skip by them just just listen to these regular ones Alrighty, we'll be right back and we'll get into these stone circles Okay, we are back. Stitches on my lap. My tea has been brewed. So let's do this. First of all, thanks to my friend Heidi, who had asked me about this subject and made me realize I had a half-written episode ready to go forever ago. So it was time to get back to this one, finish it, and do this one for you all, but mostly for Heidi. Also, if you guys are fans of Disney and Harry Potter and just fandom in general, Heidi does a podcast called Glamdom fandom glamdom fandom please listen to it it's her and her daughter it is a high point every episode of my week because it's just good fun it's people talking about positivity and being fans of disney and harry potter and everything in general so i hope you guys will listen to them it like i said it makes my week better just because they're so much fun to listen to i did an episode forever ago but don't Listen to that one. Listen to their newest episodes. They're fantastic. Anyhow, let's get to the topic at hand on this edition. Let's take a look at some stone circles around the world. Who built them? When? Why? Why does the paranormal seem to be attached to these circles? Those are all good questions. I, sh I think I wrote them. Hopefully, I think they're good questions. But they're all good questions. So let's first talk about the circles themselves and then I'll get you to the woo-woo stuff, okay? All this and nothing else will be talked about on this edition. So first up, how many stone circles are there? I don't know is the answer. Aubrey Burles Gazetteer, <clears throat> Aubrey Burles Gazetteer lists 1,303 stone circles in Britain, Ireland, and Brittany. Now, most of these are found in Scotland with 508. There's 316 in England, 187 in Ireland, 156 in Northern Ireland, 81 in Wales, 49 in Brittany, and 6 in the Channel Isles. So it's not just Stonehenge. There are a lot of these things. So on this episode, let's go over every one of these in detail for the first 24-hour-long podcast about stone circles ever. No, I don't have time for that. Look, even with a quarantine, nobody's got time for that. 
All right, so where do I begin? That was the biggest crutch of this episode for me. When I was writing this episode, like I said, I had it half written forever because it was all just data. There wasn't a, a cohesive being to this episode. There's so much data about these um, stone circles. There's so much information that you have to sift through to find out if it's even real. Because I would write paragraph after paragraph about a stone circle only to find out that 90% of it wasn't real. Just like with anything paranormal, apparently stone circles, people just regurgitate BS over and over and over again. So it's really difficult for me to figure out what's real and what's fake, but I think, I'm pretty sure that what you're about to hear is legit, is correct information. God, I hope so. Also, what you're about to hear is me butcher a ton of names because, come on, some of these aren't real words, but, you know, that's what they said. So let's see what happens. All righty. Let's start in Scotland. For you fans of Outlander. Now, if you've been watching Outlander, they have stone circles. Craig Nadoon in Outlander. Well, doesn't really exist, but it was inspired by real circles. Real, mysterious, real old circles. Kinloch Ranach is the site of Craig Nadoon in season one. A hilltop in Kinloch Ranach a village in Perth and Kinross, Scotland, serves as Craig Nadoon's location in the scenes where Claire goes through the stones. If you've never seen Outlander, don't worry about it. That's about as much Outlander as I'm going to talk about. If I think you should see it. I think everybody should watch it. But again, don't worry. You don't need to see Outlander to understand what I'm about to talk about. So that show based their circle on these real circles called the Kalanish Standing Stones. Now, they're thought to have been built between 2900 and 2600 BC. Then sometime later after that, a tomb was built inside the circle itself. Now, to give you some idea of what they look like, they're two small circles and one large stone circle. The main stone circle consists of 13 stones, and it had a large stone in the center that's almost 5 meters high. From what I can find online, it seems its sides are almost perfectly aligned to the north and south. And you're going to hear that a lot. Well, I'll just say it. Most of these, I don't go into the astro, um, astronomical connection to them. But trust me, almost every one of these stone circles have some connection to what's above them in the sky. Anyhow, then outside that circle, there are 33 more stones, which I personally found very interesting because 33 comes up in energy, UFOs, numerology, and the 33rd parallel. Now look, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole too much, but a lot of people think the 33rd parallel is the UFO highway. It's actually the 37th parallel, so minor debunk there. But 33 is strongly associated with the Freemasons and to a certain degree, the Knights Templar. All right. Fuck it. I'm going to move up the 33 episode to probably in the next couple of weeks. So there will be an episode all about 33 coming up. So you're going to have to wait a week or so for even more on 33. But I want to get back to the stones themselves. Like I said, I personally just thought that was really interesting that, of course, the first one, the one of the most famous stone circles ever, happened to have 33 stones. And it just kind of, you know, made me go down that rabbit hole. I apologize. But... Let's keep to the stones. So where did this stone circle come from and why? Well, no one knows, but there are a couple legends. Then a scientific possible explanation. Okay, let's start with those legends. A local legend states that the stones came about when the giants refused to convert to Christianity. The missionaries turned them to stone. Which, that seems like a pretty fucked up response to, hey, you want to be Christians? No? Well, fuck you, you're stones now. Now, another legend states that during the summer solstice, a spirit known as the Shining One walks around the stones and was active for probably 2,000 years. So the Shining One actually came up in a few of the stones' research. And I can't tell, I'm pretty sure, that the Shining One mostly refers to the Kalanish Standing Stones and not a bunch of other ones that people say. But 
again, there's just so much misinformation out there. I don't know for sure. But now to science on the Kalanish Standing Stones. And I got to hope I'm saying Kalanish right. I'm probably not. The first old study, then a fairly recent study. So in the 1930s, a man named Alexander Tom spent several decades studying these stones. That's all he did for decades. And he found that the standing stones served as observatories. Simple as that. People would come to the circles to get the best view of the night sky. Now he published his findings in 1955. So again, 25 years of studying these stones alone and the skies above them, he managed to link the night sky to the circles in almost every case. Interestingly enough, that theory was confirmed in 2016 as well. So let me jump now to another scientific study to December of 2019, when a group of archaeologists shared a new theory that the circle's patterns may have been inspired by a massive lightning strike. Here it is from the paper itself, just a little bit. A geophysical survey around one of the stones had astonished archaeologists by revealing a star-shaped pattern formed by one or possibly multiple earth-shaking lightning strikes. New technology has exposed a clear pattern covering an area of up to 20 meters in diameter, buried until now beneath peat bogs. The single stone within sight XI is about 2.8 kilometers from the famous Kalanish Great Circle in the Isle Lach Rogue area. Geophysical techniques have mapped buried features, and the new evidence shows that the one and a half meter high stone was originally part of another circle with the lightning strike pattern at its center. The stone's original positions have been revealed as magnetic anomalies in the survey. So, in short, they found that a bunch, either one massive lightning strike or possibly a bunch of them, all struck in this one spot. Then whoever built the stone circles built it around that. Interestingly enough, they also found magnetic anomalies when they were doing this survey, when they were inspecting these stones. So there's something to that area, there's something to that spot, and there's a magnetic anomaly as well. All right, that's enough science for right now, though, because some people focus on the dead when they're, in, when they're talking about these stone circles. And that's all they want to talk about. And they say that all the stone circles around the world are connected to the dead more than they are to the stars above them. Gordon Noble of University of Aberdeen, who is an expert in Neolithic archaeology, says many of Scotland's stone circles are similar to the structures people built for their everyday housing. Now, this was 2,000 to 5,000 years ago, but instead of making um, these stone circles or these structures for the living to live in, these stone circles seem to have served the dead. He says, they're essentially very large houses for the dead and spirits. There is evidence of burials and cremations at some sites. And just in case you didn't know, most notably at the most famous crop circle, not crop circle, the most famous stone circle ever, Stonehenge. But their legacy remains. That's right, there is evidence of burials and cremations at Stonehenge. Now, some scholars think that the uh, stones themselves are symbols of the dead people and were used to represent dead elders, but since there's no absolute proof for that, I'm just going to keep on moving on. Now, let's get to the ghosts for a moment. Sightings of ghosts coming out of or down the northernmost stone of the Kalanish Standing Stones are all over the internet. Some people seeing just a light ball or an orb floating. Others, though, they're seeing a ghost of a man coming down or out of the northernmost stone. Now, some people think that man is the skeleton that was found in the center of the ladder-added tomb. That man was apparently crushed by a stone, but we don't know who he was. Now, people have also reported EVPs of chanting, but unfortunately... I can't find any links to these EVPs, so 
it's just grain of salt stories as far as I'm concerned. But I will say, when I was researching Stone Circles and the paranormal, almost every time there was EVPs of singing, chanting, laughing, talking. And in some of these EVPs, or reported EVPs, because again, I couldn't listen to them, it's in different languages, like Gaelic and other languages that other people had to decipher. So it does seem that for whatever reason, these stone circles hold on to or reverb EVPs, residual hauntings, whatever you want to call them, around the world and every one of them as far as I can find. Now, like I said earlier, Outlander was inspired by a couple of different stone circles, including the Kalanish Standing Stones. But there was also another property that was inspired by these stones. And that's Harry Potter, because both Outlander and Harry Potter were influenced by the Croft Morag Stone Circle, which is four miles southwest of Aberfeldy. Sure, Scotland. Aberfeldy, Scotland. Now, the Croft Morag... Morag? Morag? Sure. The Croft Morag Stone Circle was excavated in 1965. Now, archaeological evidence suggests that these mysterious gray stones have mythic associations with the sun and moon, like I talked about earlier. But other people believe that it was a dwelling place of a priest, witch doctor, or shaman. Now, the Croft Mareg was recreated in the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and uh, also in a bunch of the video games, too. It was, the, uh, it was called the Stone Circle or the Sundial Garden. It's a circle of giant stones within the grounds of Hogwarts, just outside of the wooden bridge, and the stones form a sundial. The Sundial Garden is simply known as a stone circle in Prisoner of Azkaban, Order of the Phoenix, and the Half-Blood Prince video games themselves. So, if you're a Harry Potter fan, and you know what the fuck I'm talking about with the Sundial Garden, well, there's a real place you can go to in Aberfeldy, Scotland, and check it out for yourself. Okay, up next is the Ring of Brodgar. It's a stone circle on the largest isle of Orkney, off the north coast of Scotland. Now, these stones date back to between 2500 and 2000 BC. Fun fact, this circle is the third largest in Britain, and it's 104 meters in diameter. Now, originally it consisted of 60 stones, but only 27 remain. Why? Don't know. How do they know that? No idea. Now, the tallest stone is 7 meters tall, and that's about all of the information visually that I have for this one that's pertinent, really, because I want to get right into the legend time. So here it is. Giants had crossed a local causeway onto a field and began to dance. However, they lost track of time, and during sunrise, the rays of light turned them to stone. Why they never turned back isn't answered anywhere. What song were they listening to? No idea. Why do the stones look nothing like giants ever? Never answered. Now, nearby the Ring of Brodgar is another stone circle, and it's known as the Standing Stones of Stennis. It's only one mile away. Now, these four stones are around six meters tall and date back to 3100 BC. Again, some of the oldest, tallest stones in Scotland. I assume they meant the oldest, tallest stone circles in Scotland. There's got to be bigger stones in Scotland. Anyhow, keeping with Scotland for another minute is the Machri Moor Standing Stones, on the Isle of Arran, on the west coast of Scotland. This circle is only three stones now, but it used to be six, and the stone circles date back to around 2000 BC. However, there is evidence of timber circles prior to this. So this seems to come up quite a bit as well, that these stone circles were originally wood circles, and the stones were added far after that. Now, one of the circles is known as Fingal's Cauldron's Seat, because one of the stones has a hole in it. Legend time! While Fingal the Giant ate his meal in the circle, he would tether his dog through a hole in the stone. Now, another legend is that the fairies would sit on top of the mountains and flick pebbles onto the moor below. These pebbles form the stones of the stone circle. Sure, try to disprove that one. Anyhow, Let's keep on keeping on. We're going to move over to Ireland. Outside of Cookstown, Ireland, are the Big, Big, Big Moor, sure, why not, the Big Moor Stone Circles. 
It contains seven stone circles. Six are said to be paired, however. At one end is the circle called Dragon's Teeth. This circle contains over 800 small stones. Perched on the edge of the Sparren Mountain Range, overlooking the farmland below, it was discovered in the 1930s or the 40s, depending on where you do your research, by farmers harvesting peat. That seems to be another thing that happens quite a bit is people just kind of stumble upon these stones, not looking for them, not archaeologists, just, oh, hey, look, I'm harvesting some peat. Oh, there's a bunch of stones under there. Now, as they were cutting away the peat, they realized the stones made a circle and they called in the experts. Carbon dating shows work on the site as far back as 2900 BC. Researchers have uncovered the remains of children buried within this circle, though. So, now for the good stuff. How many people from all over the world visiting this circle have heard children laughing, crying, and playing? Well, tons of them. I found dozens and dozens of reports of people from all over the world, unconnected, who came and checked out this stone circle and reported hearing children laughing, crying, and playing in the circle itself. Now, some have even reported feeling a child touch their hands, but if it's just a feeling, how exactly did they know it was a child touching their hands and not just an adult or whoever? I mean, how are they going to go, oh, and, it, and then it was a ghost kid and he touched my hand. I know it was a kid. How? Explain that one to me. Let's take a quick moment, if you will, and do some quick grain of salt stories about stone circles in general. Stories that there is no more info, no way for me to validate, but it does pertain to stone circles. So here you go, grain of salt time. In Yorkshire, there's a stone circle with a stone called the Conjuring Stone built from what I can tell, well, it looks like it's made of bricks. So there's a stone in the ground and then a well of bricks made around the stone. So I guess technically it's a stone circle, but not really. But anyhow, there have been many ghosts sighted over the years here because a witch that was tied to the stone or a ghost was tied to the stone or something was tied to the stone that wasn't good. Then it was cursed. And now everybody keeps seeing it all the time. There's a flat stone in the center of the bricks, like I said, and it has a face carved into it. This does seem to be the grain of truth to the story, though. I found a photo of the well of bricks. In the middle of it is a smooth stone, just barely cut, you know, breaking the surface of the ground, and it does kind of have a face carved into it. But there's no way anyone was tied to this flat stone. So rumors have it, and I'm going to say rumors because, again, I can't confirm any of this, that the stone was actually buried and only the top remains. But again, these are unfounded because I can't find any proof that this is really some six meter tall stone that's part of a stone circle and it had this face on it all the time. So there you go. But uh, let's keep moving on. Next is the Almwich Stone Circle, A-M-L-W-C-H. See, that's not a word. The Almwich Stone Circle or triangle near Anglesey, Northern Wales, North Wales, Anglesey, sure, Anglesey, North Wales. Now there's a stone triangle, but people call it a circle, and it's by St. Elian Church, where a ghost town is seen. Again, grain of salt time, but there is a legend that says this ghost hound actually attacked a preacher once. Couldn't find out if it killed him or not, but there you go. Next up is the Nine Stones Stone Circle. Now, it's located on Hart Hill Moor in Derbyshire. In Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Whatever. Now, even though it's called the Nine Stones, only four remain. And yes, this one you can see. It looks like it was once a stone circle. I, yep, verified that. But here's the grain of salt stuff. Visitors here have reported seeing gray ladies appear out of the stones themselves. And also, fairies are reported here a lot. And I mean a lot, a lot. So if you want to see fairies, go to the Nine Stones Stone Circle on Hart Hill Moor in Derbyshire. In Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Whatever. Okay. Now, it's debunk time. Because I'm going to be talking about the Rojem Hiri. Now, I'm pretty sure I got that pronunciation right because I had to look it up. Because I have no idea 
how to pronounce R-U-J-M space E-L space H-I-R-I. That's it. H-I-R-I. Rujem Elhiri. Now, it's also known as the Stonehenge of the Levant. It's located about eight miles northwest of the Sea of Galilee. So we are definitely leaving the UK for a minute on this one. Rujem Elhiri, translated, means Stone Step of the Wildcat. Now, it resembles a labyrinth with the burial chamber, chamber at its core. That's real. That part is true. This does exist. The labyrinth exists. There is a burial chamber at its core. It was built around 5,000 years ago. It definitely exists, but there's some major debunking that will take place in just a minute. Give me a second here. Now, this site consists of five circles flowing inside each other, forming a lunar crescent-shaped stone monument. Since its discovery, a number of excavations have revealed it's one of the oldest and largest structures in the region, and scholars agree construction started as early as 3500 BC. But other parts may have been added to the structure over the next 2,000 years. Pottery and lithics found in the circle date between 3500, nope, sorry, 3050 BC and 2650 BC meaning is likely older than the pyramids and probably built at the same time as Stonehenge. So, this is something that has popped up in virtually every stone circle around the world. They're all virtually built at the same time. That same, at least 2500 BC, 2500 to 3500 BC, 2900 BC. I mean, you keep going through all of them and everyone, 3100 BC, uh, 2600 to 2900 BC. Like I say, you keep going and every one of them are all built at the same time with no real reason for how around the world they were all being built. All these stone circles, almost every one of them with an astronomical connection to it. It is mind boggling to think that 3000 BC, I'll just average it out, that 3000 BC around the world, people were building the same things for the same reasons. Okay, we're talking about Rajim Malhiri. Let's start the debunk shite, shall we? Its Hebrew name of Gilgal Rephem means wheel of giants, and it refers to the Rephites. Rephites? Sure, why not? We're, they're an ancient race of giants, basically. So the wheel of giants, refers to an ancient race of giants that's actually mentioned in the Bible. Many theories say that the giants were real and that they built this complex monument. Now, there are a lot of people, especially in the religious aspects, who think that giants were real prior to man or at the time of early man, definitely relayed in the Bible. That part is 100% true. Now, at the center of the Rujem Alhiri rests a huge burial chamber. Now, remember when I said at the center of the site is a burial chamber? Well, a story came out about said burial chamber that has been regurgitated ad nauseum online. And it's about an archaeological dig that unearthed two dozen giants' skeletons. Now, these skeletons date back to over 5,000 years old, and they were huge. And I mean huge. Now, here's a piece of one of the stories of the discoveries of the giant skeletons there. Reminder, this is all bullshit. Recent gas exploration activity in the southeast region of the Arabian Desert uncovered a skeletal remains of a human of phenomenal size. The region of the Arabian Desert is called the Empty Quarter, or in Arabic, Rab Uhkali. This discovery was made by the Aramco Exploration Team. As God states in the Quran, that he had created people of phenomenal size, the like of which he has not created since. These were the people of Ad and where prophet Hud was sent. They were very tall, big, and very powerful, such that they could put their arms around a tree trunk and uproot it. Later, these people, who were given all the power, turned against God and the prophet and transgressed beyond all boundaries set by God. As a result, they were destroyed. Ulemas of Saudi Arabia believe that these to be the remains of the people of Ad, these skeletons that they found. 
Saudi military has secured the whole area and no one is allowed to enter except the Aramco personnel. It has been kept in secrecy, but a military helicopter took some pictures from the air and one of the pictures leaked out into the internet in Saudi Arabia. See the attachment and note the size of the two men standing in the picture in comparison to the size of the skeleton. Sounds great, right? Sounds fucking amazing. It is an incredible story, one for the ages, one that can't possibly be true because it's not. So this bullshit photo is of a man excavating a skeleton. Now the skull of which is bigger than the man's entire body. Hell, the jaw of the skeleton is bigger than the man in the photo. I am talking huge. These giants must have been 40, 50 feet tall easily. Like, you know, hmm. Think King Kong sized. I'm talking huge. Not just like, oh, these things were like 14 feet tall. That I could get behind. No, I'm talking about King Kong sized humans walking around building what to them would have been pretty small, you know, stone circles for whatever fucking reason. Well, here's the problem with the story. It's been traced back to the New Nation blog post from 2007 and rewrote but repeated in 2010, each time using a known photoshopped photo. They found the guy that made the Photoshop photo. It was for a Photoshop contest. He told them how, like, how he did it. Oh, I found this photo of people uh, uncovering dinosaur bones. I just replaced the dinosaur bones with the skeleton and increased the size and boom, bam, done. There you go. The photo is known to be bullshit. Now, another BS site or magazine called the Weekly World News ran a piece about the giant skeletons there and elsewhere. And guess what? A bunch of sites, and I mean tons of sites, are now quoting the Weekly World News saying that many newspapers reported on this 10 years ago, but it's being covered up by the government. Nope. Also, why? What does that have to... Why is that going to be covered up by the government? What... What possible reason would it be? Would people start freaking out thinking that, holy crap, there used to be giants. Cool. If someone came out, like an actual piece, an archaeological piece came out and said, hey, guess what? You know how dinosaurs were, you know, used to be a thing and they're really fucking big? Well, guess what? There used to be giants as well. You know what people would go? They'd go, nah, bullshit. And then when shown proof, they'd go, well, shit, I guess there were giants a long time ago. How does that mess up anything, especially... It would only say, look, hey, the Bible said it. The Bible talked about it. Look, the Bible's real. Then all these people that are religious could say, see, you know, score one for the Bible. But no. All right, so let's recap for a second. This site is not controlled by Saudi military. Archaeologists go there all the time. The real site. The, the what is it? The Rujam Al-Hiri. The real site. You, archaeologists go there all the time. There were no giants skeletons found in the burial chamber. I can't repeat that enough. You know what? There wasn't even a slightly tall skeleton found there. Nothing. Yeah, there's a burial chamber. That's your grain of truth. The rest of it, all bullshit. So a bunch of sites who still use these known fake photos, fuck you. Take it down. It's not real. It's very easy to prove. And these same fake photo sites, they also say, another stone monument, a giant cairn that weighs more than 60,000 tons was recently discovered beneath the waters of the Sea of Galilee. Its date is unknown, but like the crescent-shaped structure, it's located close to the Bet Yerah and it has giants in it and all this other bullshit. I don't even want to continue. It's, no, it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's bullshit too. I couldn't find one even slightly reputable source that says a giant grave site, whatever you want to call it, tomb, was found under the waters of the Sea of Galilee and it has giant skeletons inside there as well. Okay. So this one seems to originated in the Weekly World News, strike one. 
It was adapted from a blog entry that was circulated via email and attributed to an April 2004 Times of India article, also thoroughly debunked, strike two. Plus, the photos are known photoshopped giant skeletons, strike three. Now, Snopes debunked this too. If you really want to go there, in the Snopes article, they have some really cool info. I'm only going to read like a little snippet of it, but Snopes even talked about this. They debunked it as well. Snopes.com slash fact check giant skeletons uncovered Saudi Arabia. Here's the little snippet that I really thought was interesting. The claim must be a hoax because humanoid giants break the square cube law. The what? Well, that's the law that as a shape grows in size, its volume grows faster than its area. This law places fundamental limits to the size that humans can grow. So, can a human be 14 foot tall? Sure. He'd be kind of fucked up, but sure. Can a human be King Kong sized? 50, 60, 40, 50, I don't even know how long, I don't even know how tall King Kong is, but that's, let me see. Just for my own edifice, how tall is King Kong? Let's see, the new Kong is over 100 feet tall. And uh, the old Kong was a mere 25 feet tall. So seven times the, site, the height of an actual silverback gorilla. So even the 25 foot tall one breaks the square cube law. Interesting. Science has now confirmed that people can only get so big and apparently not King Kong size. So, yes, this stone circle is real. The Rujem, oh, what is it called again? The Rujem El-Hiri is real. It's really miraculous that it was built 5,000 years ago, at least 5,000 years ago. It's an incredible feat of man, but there is no, let me repeat this, no scientific evidence that any skeletons have ever been found, let alone giant human skeletons. They found a burial site. They found evidence of skeletons. They did not find these perfectly preserved giant human skeletons. To wrap this up, what I found while doing research on this episode is that one, people really don't know what a circle looks like apparently because a stone cross, stone triangle, four random stones, two stones next to each other are all considered considered stone circles. So yeah, learn what a circle is world because it makes my job a lot easier to do a story on stone circles. Another thing you might've noticed, I didn't really talk about Stonehenge too much. Just a couple of blurbs here, a couple of mentions here or there. That's because I've already done an episode on Stonehenge. Please go back and listen to that. I'm really proud of that episode. There's a lot of work that has gone into that one, as well as this one. Like I said at the beginning, researching stone circles is really, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's really a pain in my ass because I struggled with Here's some facts about a stone circle, but this site disputes all of these facts, and this site disputes some of these facts, and this site confirms two of these facts, but not these six facts. Obviously, I've never been to any of these stone circles. I would love to go to Stonehenge or any of these circles that I talked about in here. I think it'd be amazing. I've been told it is a very mystical, very mind-altering experience to be at these circles. And I can get behind that too. Being somewhere where mysterious humans built them for mysterious reasons some 5,000 years ago, that's mind-blowing to me, especially an American. That is really mind-blowing to me. So this is the first, I hope, first-ish. There was that's, there was the Stonehenge one before. This is the first-ish of many episodes about stone circles because, again, the more I dug, the more I found, the more I wasn't sure what was real. But let's just leave it off here. I think this is a good, it'll be close to an hour episode about stone circles and about some of the paranormal sightings of said stones, stone circles. Of said stone circles. Boy, that's hard to say. So, let me ask you this. Have you ever been to any of these sites? 
If so, did you see, feel, hear anything while there? And my own personal question to you, I guess these are all, all my personal questions, but for me personally, how awe-inspiring is it to be at one of these ancient stone circle sites? Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just, you know, romanticizing it too much or whatever you want to call it, but I have to imagine it must be incredible to be at this ancient, mysterious stone circle and think about all the millions of people, probably thousands, I'll say thousands, thousands of people that have come and gone and worshipped at these sites for whatever reason. It blows my mind. Again, I hope you guys like these kind of episodes that only have a little bit of the paranormal to them. But trust me when I say, every one of the stone circle sites that I can find has a ghost sighting, an orb sighting, a mysterious lights that are seen at night, uh, voices, chanting, dancing, music, children laughing and playing. All these ghostly things happen at every one of these sites. So there's something to that. Just the scientific part of that alone why is it that every one of them have paranormal experiences? Not every house has a paranormal experience, far from it, but every stone circle does? That's interesting to me. Anyhow, again, hope you enjoyed this one. Please come and join me on these uh, quarantine bonus episodes. Uh, if you like them, great. If you don't, that's fine. They're not paranormal almanac they're the fun bonus stuff to get our minds off all the bullshit once again i'm your host kurt sandvig and this has been another edition of paranormal almanac Nam as it, Snehanwatch, the carn of the left Nenui. Stewards, the old beef, the sergeant, near Sidbit, here Sith and Oddith of Fizzeri, the Zernos, Mastin, the Snianit.